So today, my guest is the one and only Michael Dietrich. And I'm going to give you a bit of backstory to like how I came across Michael Dietrich. And I think it, it definitely stemmed from our mutual friends, Dean Guido and Andrew Coates. Um, they had him on their podcast. And then he's also been on my friend Shane Fantasy's podcast. And like Mike has seen me grow in my career just as I've seen a lot of his big moments that we're going to talk about in this episode. But the cool thing is for me, for me getting into the fitness industry, like his, his videos on like simple food preparation. I watched all of those, his, uh, his stance on like personal trainers need to have attention to detail to their client. You just can't leave them hanging. I paid attention to those and we both started at evolve South at the same time. And he's just someone that I have a lot of respect for. I've kind of given him a few shout outs in past episodes. So it's great to finally have him on. Welcome to the Lifestyle Chase Season 2. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. I'm your host, Chris Little. Let's get started. The Lifestyle Chase is brought to you by Yeg Fitness. Yeg Fitness is Edmonton, Alberta, Canada's healthy lifestyle community, creating and supporting active living for all. Check them out online at yegfitness.ca and on social media at Yeg Fitness. So welcome to episode 102 of the Lifestyle Chase with Mountain Mike. How are you doing? Well, thank you so much for having me. You're, I think you're also getting so good at talking, it's almost intimidating. <laughs> right, look at you go. Wow, it sounds like you've done 102 podcasts. Yeah, I, I will. It's a lot. It's a lot of practice, but just like we can speak to the fitness industry, the more practice you get with like clients and stuff, or the yeah. more practice you get with just anything you do, the better you are. You can't, you can't necessarily fake it without putting in the reps. Yeah. Yeah, you become your master of your trade over time. It's like... I think they always put that 10,000 hours number on things. And after you've done things for, I think I've been self-employed in the industry here for 10 years now, and it just kind of becomes second nature and that attention to detail and all the little things, they just, yeah, they just kind of tend to happen and it becomes who you are and what you do. Absolutely. Um, something that always makes me chuckle is the word influencer. And I'm not going to call yeah. you an influencer because <laughs> I, I don't want to end up Woo. in a snow drift, yeah. but it's just, I just want to reiterate that for anybody who has come across you and views you as that, because I have the first time view. I see Michael in the gym. I see him with his clients. Something that uh, kind of warmed my heart because I'm just a heartfelt person is like the times when you're away and I can see your clients just crushing it yeah. in the gym. Like there's some that are like going every single day. I'm like, holy shit. Like that lady is just working her ass off. Yeah. Like it's so inspiring. That's, that's always like the coolest, coolest thing to hear because... Uh, one of the biggest things is having like the work-life balance in this industry is really tough and you know our clients they rely on us so much and we develop those super strong relationships with you know between one another and every time that I leave to personally take that time to, for myself so I can be the best person I can be I have an immense amount of guilt when I leave them behind knowing that you know they signed up to be with me but then also I selfishly to be the best person I can be, the best trainer I can be, the best, you know, just take care of my own mental health. I need to be able to get away doing what I do. And uh, it's always feels really good when they're away and they've done a really good job. And then sometimes when they come back and they get the feedback that it just wasn't the same without having me there. So yeah. it, that also feels really good. But 
Um, I'm sorry to anyone that when I leave you guys behind. Um, <laughs> I swear I love and miss you and think about you guys all the time. And uh, yeah, it's it's really hard because people see that highlight reel and it's cool because you actually get to see me on like the day to day level or like you know pretty sometimes pretty tired and exhausted because like four thirty comes early and nine o'clock gets pretty late when you're working those long hours and. I'm not always skiing. I'm not always hiking. Like Instagram is not what I do for a living, but, um, you know, I'm not going to take pictures of the laundry that I'm doing and all the meal preps that I'm cooking all the time. And just like, you know, all those small day to day things. And Instagram is just such a highlight reel and that whole like influencer thing. And when you, I just never want that to be something for anyone else where they, they're like, my life sucks. And it's like all those other people are doing exactly what you need to do where we all do our laundry. We all have to like do the dishes and, um, have all the bad days. But I just think that everyone deserves a highlight reel. You know, your life should be really fun and enjoyable. So try to do that as much as I can. It, it's not at all that I don't enjoy my day to day life when I'm out working. Cause I love that. But then I also makes me appreciate all the time that I have when I'm out just doing my adventures on all the things that I love to do that are my hobbies, my passions that have kind of led to that weird word of influencer. Um, yeah, that whole world of things by accident. So Absolutely. I never intended for any of that to happen. I just, <coughs> I just, again, a passionate person and doing what I love. It just kind of goes full fledged. Well, it's, it's true. And if anybody wants to do fact checking, like go back to the old episodes on the fitness devil podcast, go back to the old episode on city of champions and you can see the consistency over the years, which I think is important for anybody. Yeah. Um, not like changing what you do, just like being, having those values of like, when, when I see you and I try to do that in myself too, it's just like when you see a person, when you see a client, it's, it's about them. It's about having that connection, that eye contact, that like point of contact, like a lot of your clients get a hug from you and it's just, it's heartwarming. It's like, yeah, like he, that's a real hug. Yeah. It's not just like a fake, that's, he cares. These are his family. These people have been with him for years. Yeah. I think it's really cool. And I see that close relationship with you as well. And so many of the other trainers that have evolved, it's like, we all work together and around each other, but we put everything into the, that person that we're working with. And, you know, you always say like they're a client, but they're a friend first, then a client. And you develop those really strong relationships. You spend so much time with those people knowing the ins and outs of their lives, like more than you spend with like your family and friends. And as much as that's a structured hour and you know, they're, they're paying you to be there. It's like money aside. It's like, we all need to make a living. So that's what, that's what we're doing. And we've put, you know, in, in a lot of cases, what, however long you've been doing, I've been doing it for 10 years and invested a ton of time and education and learning into it. Um, but that money aside thing is always a weird factor because like you're my friends. These are the people that I like true, like love and care about. And I think about all the time and it's not on just like a work-based level. It's, it's that personal level too. And I think once you, once you invest yourself so strongly into that, um, that's where a lot of the success comes from when you can add more value to their lives than the cost of that session. And you know, it's like, you can't be just working, busting your out your ass for like an hour after an hour. It's, depending on how you're structuring things and periodizing things, there's going to be those downtimes, the goals, the conversations. And sometimes those conversations to get somebody on track and kind of like build a good mindset is just as valuable as, you know, the work that you're doing. You're there to do the work, but there's a lot of extras that come along with it. And I don't think that's something that can be taught in formal education. It's something that comes with 
experience over time and to see someone change and evolve and build a confidence level is something that's like incredibly special and one of my favorite parts of the job that I actually get when I'm working one-on-one um, opposed to working like distance with my online clientele. Yeah. So those personal relationships and smiles and hugs and all that stuff that you talk about, that's the nonverbal communication means the world. Well, it's, you talk about all that workload, all of that effort that gets put in and it it's rewarding because we get what we get out of our clients. We get that sense of fulfillment or that sense of purpose. Like I know when I shifted industries, just like, what I felt about myself and in how, how what I brought to what I did for work mm-hmm. was drastically different. I was like, wow, like it's a grind. Like I have to continually read stuff to anything that I think that I feel dumb at. Well, I have the due diligence to get smart at that thing. Yeah. And it's just never going to end. Like we should all kind of feel dumb about something or else like our, we got too much of an ego. Like we're, yeah. we're always a work in progress. Yeah. The, it's like the Dunson-Kruger effect is you come out of school and I felt like I knew everything. Like I was, it's like, man, this fitness thing, I, I know it all. And then over a couple of years, things go by and you lose that sense of confidence that you once had. And then, you know, I go through waves of it all the time where I'm like, what, what am I doing? I, I have no idea what I'm doing. Do I even know anything? Am I qualified to be working with anyone? And then you realize how much you don't know. And then you have to go and relearn and gain some of that confidence back. So yeah, continuing to learn and know what, know what you're doing and what you're talking about is something that's very important in the job. Yeah, absolutely. Um, being that fitness is such like a, it requires so much energy. And then sometimes we go home and we kind of feel in that, that state of we've, we've lost ourselves or sort of almost emotional burnout in some cases, like, You've been someone who you've moved your whole life into an RV and you've traveled the mountains and you've done all these like pivots in life. Um, What would you say shaped that, that first pivot? And I'm just, I'll use the RV as an example, just like shifting your whole life into the RV. Yeah. Um, Shifting my whole life into the RV. Like it's kind of weird. I, I remember when I first bought my RV, it was for a trip with my honeymoon with my ex. And you know, we've done so much international travel, like let's do something different. So we decided to buy an RV for our honeymoon to go travel the States. And it was the best trip ever, it was so much fun. And then we had the RV kicking. and when my ex and I, we just kind of grew apart and we went our separate ways. Um, she wanted to stay in the house. Um, we had a private in-home training studio and she was working with female weight loss. And uh, it was very important for her to have that safe space where someone feels comfortable and for me my clientele was a little bit different it was a little more performance wise like some general fitness but she really needed to have that space um, safe space for her girls and so she decided to keep the house which then left me with the decision do i buy do i rent and then i made the funny joke um do i live in my rv and i was just like beaming smiling from ear to ear when i said that and one of my very close friends and clients adam sand uh, he said, well, that's exactly what you need to do. And I was knew that that's what I wanted to do. I just needed confirmation from someone that I respected to tell me that it was okay to shift my lifestyle, to go against the grain, to move into an RV. I remember breaking that to my parents. My mom's crying and, you know, like, she's like, are you going to be okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be good, mom. Like, don't worry about it. And then um, I had so much positive feedback of like, if you know like I can do it but if there's anyone can do it like you can do it and uh so that kind of felt cool just you know having a little 
point to talk about. And then after being in the RV, I was having nightmares about buying a house and being in one place because I'm kind of transient and wanting to travel around. And the thought of just being stuck in one spot was just not for me. I'm not telling people that they should live in an RV because it's definitely, I'm just never home. And I love to travel and be around. And it was just like a great outlet. And I didn't know how long I was going to do it. It could have been a week. It could have been a month. It could have been a year. And here we are at two years and I just bought a van and now I'm doing a camper van conversion because I'm, I'm in for the long haul here. So yeah, it's crazy how life takes you. Like if I was just thinking the other day, if five years ago you gave me like 10 pictures of where my life is sitting at, there's like no way I would have believed it. And I think that's something that's so exciting about life is like, I was going down five years ago, I was going down one track to just like upgrade to the next house to find my 20 year home you know, work with kids maybe in the picture. It was like, you do, it was just checking all those boxes of just like upgrade your stuff. And then here I am just like trying to get rid of all my stuff. So yeah. it was different. Yeah. What are your, your values, which instill those choices now? Like you're, you're minimalizing, you're uh, working more closely on that work-life balance. Like you could make tons of money as a trainer, mm -hmm. but you're, you're working at getting those memories and experiences and also having great opportunities fall in front of you, but it's just, uh, you, you've really identified that whole like, uh, self, self searching thing, soul searching thing. Yeah. And, uh, what, what were the values that kind of stood out to you in uh, going through that process? Um, well, it was very important for me to make sure that I wasn't like hanging up responsibilities to just go like travel, travel around. Um, a lot of people do that and I think there's nothing wrong with it, but for me, most like a massive part of my happiness came from making sure I'm setting myself up for my future making sure my friends and family are taken care of that if ever, anything ever happened like financially. So, you know, I'm, I'm still working like 60 to 80 hours a week. Like I do, I don't know, 30, 35, like one-on-one -on -one sessions a week. And then I'm do a lot of like online work and then all this like extra mountain work and side projects and jobs and all the other stuff that I'm doing. So I made sure that it was very important that I'm not hanging up my responsibility because if I was just traveling around and having fun all the time and just, you know, scraping together to get by, I know that that would not make me happy. But then I also didn't want to work all the time because I knew that wouldn't make me happy that if I was, you know, here seven days a week and kind of just going through the rat race of doing the same thing over and over, um, that I'd get that trainer burnout, which is something that's very prevalent in this industry that it, people don't tend to last that long in it because it's early mornings and late nights and you're giving a lot of energy to your clients. And, um, I feel like over the years I finally was able to develop that balance between, you know, I generally work Monday to Wednesday or Monday to th <coughs> Thursday, and then I'm gone like Friday, Saturday, Sunday for sure. And I get a, a bunch of diversity between training one-on-one, -on -one, doing online training, doing some of the media stuff. And, um, yeah, just that really good balance is something that I, I need for, for myself and just to be the best person that I can be and mentally I've never been healthier as you know being able to get out I, I remember you were out in the mountains and you were just like glowing yeah when you, you just really you really realize like what what nature can do when you can actually go through and disconnect and especially when you're an introverted person spending some of that time alone and just being alone with your thoughts is something that's so special I don't think people take enough time for um I'm obviously a little bit biased, but, uh, it's done, it's done a lot for me. And that's through like the hike with mics and all that kind of stuff that I try to do is just share that experience of like, what's been so positive for me.
Well, it's true, and it's cool that you brought that up because, like, the the key mountain trips that I've gone on, because, like, I'm not as adventurous as you are, mm-hmm. but I get joy from just being out in, like, solitude and, like, mm-hmm. enjoying what we have here in Alberta. Um, each time that I went, it was, like, I was making big life decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, like, waiting for outcomes from, like, different uh, courses or different certifications and stuff. Yeah. And, like, there was a lot of, like self-reflection that went into that like what if what if I fail or like what if I can't make this happen and like in most of those trips it was like when I would get frustrated like I I worked a warehouse job for like five years and I remember like I I heard your interview I think it was with uh, it was the first one that you did with uh, Dean and Andrew and you mentioned warehouse job yeah I was like ding 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 I can relate to him like warehouse yeah yeah and it's like those are important moments when you have like that point where it's like okay, if he did it, I can do it. And like, that's why it's helpful to have these podcasts and stuff where people like hear, hear other people in the industry at different phases in their career. And they're like, okay, well, if he did it, I can do it. And so like, I would go out in the mountains and just kind of like reaffirm, like I would instill a little bit of like, who am I? And like, what, what is my purpose? Mm-hmm. And maybe I'd like listen to an audiobook to kind of like build some confidence or just, uh, reinforce reinforce my why because like when I jumped into the fitness industry it was like it was almost irresponsible to the extent that like I had this mortgage I had just started financing a new car yeah and uh no gym had hired me so I was like oh shit yeah and so like I was kind of in limbo for a few weeks and I started like an internship and it turned into a job and I had to work at a bar for a full year and I made it happen and I wouldn't have it any other way but uh mountains were very imperative yeah. to like having the balls to do that. It was just like, okay, we don't know what's going to happen. I have no, no idea. I, I don't know if I'm, I'm going to have what it takes to do this, but the mountains are going to help me do it. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty unreal too, is like sometimes when I'm, you know, hiking alone with my dog for, or skiing or whatever I'm doing and you got 16 hours of just nothing to think about. Um, people always ask like, when you're out there, you're like meditating and usually I'm not in, you know, I'm not like laying there doing what you would traditionally think of as meditation. It's like a moving meditation. So you're going and you're just, everything is so quiet. Everything is so still and you have nothing but time to think. And oh man, do you ever figure some shit out? Like you just go so deep introspectively to be able to figure out just things about your life. Like 16 hours is a ton of uninterrupted time to think without like dings and people that answer to and yeah you figure out a lot you come up with sometimes it's great business ideas sometimes it's things with personal relationships and things that you need to work out but um you develop so much clarity when you're when you spend that time alone and yeah in this day and age you don't spend a lot of time alone these days it's just and if you are it's you know you could be in the confinement of your home own home but you're distracted by you know, like Facebook, Instagram, TV, like radio, like whatever it would be, it's, you're not just alone in stillness and quiet. And there's something about that endorphin rush when you're, when you're going and you're moving and it's like very methodical. Uh, I don't know. You, you just figure a lot out and it's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, it's important to promote because I think people get, they get really wrapped up in their phone and they feel like their phone relationship, like uh, if, if all friendships are based on our connectivity through Instagram, mm-hmm like that's going to negatively affect us in a big way. And we're not going to necessarily see it coming, but it's going to snowball. Yeah. 
And I hate this yeah. stupid thing. Like, oh man, I'm on it like way, like way too much just with like work and you know, when you're dealing with like a high volume of, of people and things rolling in and you try your best to be on top of it. But at, the, at some point it just gets beyond exhausting and you just think of this, how disconnected we are between then some silly device like people talk about all the time. But um, after my last little stint there, when I was on Naked Afraid, it was crazy when I came back to civilization going, this is like 21 days of literally nothing. And then you come back, well, trying to do 21 days. We'll see what happens. But um, I'm holding this device. Like it sounds like I've just been like a total jungle man. I've never seen civilization, but I'm holding this thing. And just like, this is how we communicate like through these like, weird characters and that's how we just like share with our friends and family what we have going on like this is so weird like no personal connection there's no reaction it was it was just so weird but um yeah so i don't like texting that makes sense yeah and like i'm glad that you mentioned it and i'm glad that you introed the whole your your adventure with the naked and afraid opportunity yeah i'm going to throw at you like it's going to be like a statement and then a question and so just brace yourself, Got brace it. yourself. So I worked in a bar for a full year and I would say it like bolstered my toolbox as a trainer. I saw so many people go through so many like experiences. Like you get to see the celebrations, you get to see the stress, you get to see the heartbreak, you get to see the, the love mm-hmm. and you, you get to see your peers from the industry go through like just times of stress. Like nothing, nothing like worth throwing shade at. It's just like, it's we're all working really hard and maybe we're lacking that social connection and we're looking in the wrong places or maybe we just had a really bad week and we just want to cut loose and it's just like the level of empathy that that gave me and the level of like wokeness mm-hmm. like essentially <coughs> for for me in, in my uh soul searching from from that experience it taught me that uh like a birthday party or like well a great example so they're gonna have your your like release party at Central Social Hall, mm-hmm. and that, in my opinion, is a perfect example for like a community gathering. Like that's that's what I thrive off of. Yeah. So that's what would bring me there. If if I'm like, oh man, like I just like I went through like a heartbreak, or uh, somebody mistreated me, or I'm just like struggling to to be happy, I'm not gonna go to a bar. That's yeah. the last place I'm gonna go. Like that's that's when you need like friends to be like, hey. Like, let's just just go to the mountains, um, try meditation, uh, just try, like, throw your phone in the toilet on purpose for, like, a week. Just, like, get away from the electronics and, like, figure yourself out so that you can can bounce back. Mm -hmm. So you don't need other things to bounce back or so you don't, like, compromise who you are at the core. Because we all bring something to the table. Mm -hmm. So then I segue. My segue is... You, you've been through tough things. You're just like anybody else. You're a human. You've been through, like, so many life obstacles. And, like, you, you've lost, like, when, when you lost your, your dog, yeah. I, like, just so cried. Yeah. It was... It's not my dog. It's your dog. But yeah. just, I understood how much connection you have with, with like, Bear Bear now. Mm-hmm. And so, so I could understand, like, the, the pain that you'd feel. And I could understand that, like, how that could affect like how you show up to your day and just all these other different things. Yeah. So then you went out into the abyss all naked and afraid. Yeah. And like when you came back from that, I'm like, thank God the guy's still alive. Cause yeah. like 
just from a physical standpoint, you clearly like got like scary lean. Yeah. Like I was like, somebody feed the man. Like yeah, you got to make him some chili. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty dramatic thing that the body goes through and that shows very, very authentic and very real. So like, let's say now that you've experienced that and you've been through that kind of like shock to the system, you go back to a version of you that you're going through like an obstacle. Um, what advice would you have for that version of you going through that obstacle? Uh, as a, like, do you mean as I'm going into that challenge? I would say okay. no, just like say you lost a loved one or you got heartbroken or business didn't go the way you wanted, just any example that you could generically think of yeah. and you hadn't had that life experience to know how, how to navigate that. But now you've been thrown into the trenches having to eat bugs, yeah. like freezing to death, yeah. not knowing what the future held, yeah. like zero, zero expectations for, for what is to come, but you survived. Yeah. So what, what woke advice do you have for, for former Mike? Um, I think just like continuing something I always work on is just, you know, it's hippy dippy sounding, but just continuing to be present and focus on the thing, the variables that you can control or something that it's just like, it's just couldn't be further from the truth of just like, what can you do right now to take advantage? Uh, what did, what do you need right now in order to get through that? And then just, doing doing what you need and really asking advice from like if a best friend was there what would that best friend's advice be to you and just looking at that internally because a lot of the times it might be the opposite of what you feel like doing but if the friend is telling you to do something it might be just that that you need to do so yeah i like it well i mean what what's two examples of best friend advice that you've had aside from like i think the rv was an example wasn't it uh, yeah, the RV was an easy one. Just so two just, other examples. Two other examples of our friends saying something. Um, what was uh, this? Is like a little bit different. But when I was going into the challenge of naked and afraid, I was talking to a friend, and it wasn't a best friend, but it was someone that I really admired, and they didn't know what I was doing. So I had to explain like what the premise of the show was of getting dropped naked in the jungle, attempting to go out for twenty one days, and seeing if I could survive, and yada yada, all that. And she looks at me and goes, yeah, you, you can do it. And I'm like, uh, do you not understand what I just said? Like normally the reaction getting that from someone is like some big epic, like, oh my God, you, you're actually going to be doing that. That's crazy. Bro. And she's just like, kind of like shrugs her shoulders. Like, yeah, you're choosing to do it. It's only 21 days. You're not stuck and stranded out there. Like you're going to be fine. And, uh, yeah, she just kind of shrugged it off and said like, you're good. And little do I know, like her husband holds, I believe it's the world record for going unsupported to the North Pole and back. So it was just setting that level, that standard level of like being so elevated and doing something so huge and badass that like, as much as, you know, this taking on this challenge was tough and challenging going into it. It's like, it's only 21 days. So just having the bar set so high and having friends that are around me that are just like super kick-ass and badass, it just like, it makes something that's really epic and massive um not overly cool so yeah just setting the bar high and being around people that just that elevate that mindset is like is definitely one of them it's hard to think on the spot i don't really know that was good enough yeah. one i already have yeah. like my next talking point yeah perfect <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like i think it's cool when we're able to i i've gotten better at listening over the last hundred episodes mm-hmm. and i think a lot of trainers aren't aware of like 
what they're saying out loud. Mm-hmm. So here's my perspective. Yeah. I know that you used to be a professional soccer player. Mm-hmm. I know that you got like full ride through the name program. You did really well. You hit the ground running. So you know your shit. Like mm-hmm. you know your shit on physical performance. Mm-hmm. You've proven it. You have great genetics as most trainers eventually do have. Mm-hmm. Like not everybody's the same, but a lot of people are kind of cut out for this. Even if it's just like the mental, the mental grit. Yeah. Um, you've conditioned yourself in the mountains. You've, uh, what else? What else? Like you've done all the things. Like yeah. if anybody was prepared for it, it would be you. Yeah. <laughs> and so you just needed like that confirmation externally, but like how other people see us is so different from how we see us. Yeah. So like you saw yourself and you're like, oh man, like, should I do this? And like the other people watching you, they're like, dude, like we have been watching you traverse like steep terrain and the elements. Um, we've been watching you like do all these crazy weird cooking things, show compassion for another living being out of the, the essence of just surviving. Cause you can't go through anything by yourself. Like we've seen you do it. I don't know what's wrong with your shit. Right. Like, yeah. You could do it. Yeah. That, that was like, one of my buddy, his comments when I revealed that I had done naked a bit afraid and he goes, you went camping. So what? Yeah. No and it's like my favorite, like what's, what's the big deal. And, uh, yeah. Where people are just like, it's just like, if there's someone that's going to be doing it, obviously it's going to be you. Duh. And here I'm going, holy shit, this is crazy. Yeah. Well, I think it's so cool because like you've got a lot of experience under your belt and you're still doing that. So anybody that I have on the podcast yeah. is going to have an element of that to them. Like there's people that should have written a book. They're like, I don't know if I'm cut out to write a book. Isn't it sad too? Like when I, when I see this with clients that are self-critical or like anyone, but I mean around, around clients so often and I say it so often, I'm like, if you could just view yourself the way that I view you, like all your problems would all of a sudden go away. Yeah. Like you think you're absolutely gorgeous. I think you're, you're jacked. I think that you're successful. I think you're hardworking. Like I just look at you as just a spectacle of just being the most awesome person. And it's like quite heartbreaking when you hear that and someone's so self-critical and they're not seeing a reflection of any of that. And sometimes you have to remind yourself that when you're having a really bad day and you feel like you look terrible and like you're just a million miles behind that someone else is looking up to you. Like they're just like, they're just gazing in awe of all the accomplishments and the person that you are. And they would do, they would just love, they just love you for who you are. And here you are just like in this throwing a self pity party of like, you know, of like these five pounds to lose. I weigh five more pounds in the morning. It's just ruining your day. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And no, no, no one cares. Everyone just loves you for who you are. It's not like, it's not the way you look. It's not what you do. Um, it's just like the person that you are. Well, it's cool because it kind of correlates with my own personal experience. Like just being around the gym, um, since being to evolve, I've gotten progressively stronger, which is kind of funny. It's just like your environment can kind of like, uh, You're not jacked, man. Well, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> which that, that alludes to what I was going to get at. Like, uh, I got super lean over the summer. I was really active with, uh, riding and spin classes as well as like strength training. Mm-hmm. And now I've kind of tapered it back to primarily strength training. Um, but I got feedback from Andrew and Andrew was like, Hey dude, you're looking lean. I'm like, Oh yeah. Thanks. And I like thought nothing of it. I was caught. Like, oh, he's just saying that to say yeah. it. And then like two weeks later he said it again. I was like, Oh yeah, thanks. And I just thought nothing of it. Yeah. And then you got back from being naked and afraid for like a month. Yeah. <laughs> and then you were like, dude, like you're looking jacked. I'm like, 
whoa, like, yeah. <laughs> maybe I should actually listen to these guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was just like that, that was a moment that I've applied to a lot of my, like I've realized the lack of awareness that people have. Mm-hmm. And so every opportunity that, that I have, I, I check with my client like, hey, have you been getting feedback? Like, yeah. did somebody say that your arms have changed? Like, yeah, so you kind of said, I'm like, well, you should pretty well believe it. Like, yeah. they're not lying. Like, I, I'm noticing it. Right. It's, it's that thing of it's when it's just like strangers are throwing compliments and friends and family are throwing compliments. It's like, this stuff's not by accident. Yeah. Right. And but we like, all think it is. We all think it's like out of pity or it, just like, oh, man, they feel bad for me. Like, nobody wakes up in the morning and is like, oh, I'm going to compliment Mike. Like, yeah. some people might. You yeah. got you got a lot of followers. <laughs> some some people might, but... Uh, yeah. Well, if it, anybody wants to just pump my tires and send send me compliments, please, it helps all the time. Yeah, send send an e-transfer for him, too. Yeah, actually, e-transfers <laughs> are better than compliments. It's just so funny to just, like, people... We forget how to take compliments. Mm-hmm. Just Sometimes things are just disingenuine, which, which is a great topic. Like, being genuine in the fitness industry is so imperative. Mm-hmm. Have you ever encountered an instance that was disingenuine and just shaped the way that you did your business or your situations? What do you mean by that, sir? Well, essentially, like, you know how sometimes it's like all smoke and mirrors, like you'll see like, okay, well, we're going to give you this, 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 and we're gonna make you feel good about yourself because you lost this amount of pounds, mm-hmm. or you just saw like a marketing tactic, or you saw just how somebody talked to someone and it just like, they weren't getting what what it looked like they were getting. Like sometimes people yeah. just like put out just like the fakest fake version of themselves yeah. just to take money. Yeah, the, the fitness industry is unfortunately loaded up with that. I don't know why it, it feels like a scam that you're going in from like protein powders and multi-level marketing steam, schemes in terms of fitness and you have to sign these outrageously ridiculous contracts to try to go and walk in to get a gym membership at certain commercial gyms lots of commercial gyms and uh like why does fitness need to feel like a scam and and to me anytime that i would sit down with a consultation with somebody or or have anybody inquire it was just like you know i'd send out the questionnaire i'd get their feedback i'd love to meet them in person because if i'm going to be spending that much time with them and they're going to be spending that much time with me I'd like to meet each other before we're actually like, yeah. you know, getting, getting into it for like many hours. And, uh, yeah, you just, you know, just being honest and, and being low pressure for me was just, they're inquiring cause they want to make that change and just giving an like that honest feedback going like it took years for this to come on and for you to accomplish whatever you want to accomplish. Like here's a realistic approach of what's going to be happening. And you know, I'm going to let you th- think on that. Like you don't need to make any decisions right now. And yeah, just feeling a lot of pressure is not something I think we want. So yeah, um, yeah, just just being being real and not throwing in the smoke and mirrors, and yeah, and letting people know that they're doing a great job is something that's like a key to success, I'd say. So if we are being real with our clients, like let's say some trainer starts out and they just have five sessions a week. Mm-hmm. They don't need to put out some special branding. They don't need to slide into DMs. They don't need to uh, have a sale. Honestly, and this is from the perspective of me, I've accomplished two years so far of my career as a personal trainer. I have experience like in Yeg Fitness ad sales and as a spin instructor and just like my standpoint, my viewpoint is like just pay attention to those five people. Make their experience really, really good and make sure that they know 
that you are accountable to them and that they are valued and the referral network will grow. And then we have your experience. You're like a decade into the industry. Mm-hmm. What, what would your advice be on that standpoint? Um, for someone starting off, it's so funny. If you have one client, it go absolutely above and beyond with anything you can do. And as you develop that five, try to apply the same attention that you put into that one person. And as you continue to grow, it's, it's one of those things where I think you become better, more efficient at being able to provide that high quality work for a larger group of people. But at some point it's going to come where like you do become busy and you're not able to put, you know, that extra hour on top of the hour that you're spending with that person a day into it. So take advantage and do the most amazing job that you can, you, you can follow up, see how they're doing. Like I remember, like I remember in the back, like back in the day I was going like grocery shopping with them. I was helping people meal prep with just anything that I could. And unfortunately I don't have that time. Um, if I could split myself into two or a million or, you know, just increase you know the cost because your time just becomes so valuable as as you continue to grow um i'd love to be able to be able to hold that person's hands and work through them and that's what like the celebrity trainers do right they they like hold that person's hand from like get up in the morning do your thing they've got the meal preps done and all that kind of stuff and uh yeah for my i wasn't the best trainer when i was first starting out but i cared a lot so that that goes a long way yeah well i mean like a good attitude is to never think like you're the best. It's like we're always a work in progress. Like, yeah. I've used the statement in a lot of cases, even things that I have a ton of experience in. Like I, I've got a lot of podcast episodes, but I'm still a beginner. Mm-hmm. I have still areas of improvement. I still have to check myself. Like I, I have to understand that critical feedback is necessary. Like mm-hmm. I, I need to have areas to work on and it's not a big deal because I'm always going to have strengths too. And I can just like, I can focus on the strengths and like work on, on the weak areas as well. But before we like really run out of time here, I want to jump back to your experience being out in the wild. Like what, what was the thing that struck the most fear in you uh, when you were filming for, for Naked and Afraid? Um, thing was diving in. I like, I, I was expecting to go into things being like very physically challenging like mentally challenging, but the thing I haven't really talked about and uh, I'm not going to go too, too deep into it, but going in, when you're spending that much time essentially alone, how deep that you get to look at yourself introspectively. And I mean, I spend a ton of time backcountry camping, hiking, and a ton of time alone, but it is entirely different when you lay down on the ground for the first time in your life, butt naked, with no blanket, with no pillow, with no comfort of life, and you go to lay down on a jungle floor full of creepy crawlies of snakes and spiders and scorpions and all the bugs in the middle of places with weird noise and you cannot see a thing. And um, you realize that's how you're going to be attempting to spend your next three weeks is just mind-boggling. And you have nothing but time. Like, time's your only thing. And once once you kind of have things set up... Um, you're just kind of stuck with yourself and your thoughts. And I thought I was like mentally a very healthy person. And then spending that much time by yourself, how much you, you, you know, people, it's like the cliche to, thing to say of don't take anything for granted. And out there was for the first time in my life that I was, I 
it's different when you say it out loud, but when you feel it and you're like shaken to your core of what it feels like to take things from grant for granted, everything from food, water, shoes to see what starvation truly feels like and how spoiled we are that we have everything in abundance that you can eat and like food is currency for movement and that every single thing that I did out there took so much work and just looking at how spoiled I was and I then I remember feeling you know just shaken to the core going like I'm so spoiled I've taken so much for granted and and what that actually felt like and you know seeing my friends and family and I wish I could remember and relate back to that feeling because you forget what it feels like to have those emotions at the time where I would just like feel like I was just gonna have little breakdowns because I just took too much stuff for granted and um yeah we'll we'll see how the episode goes and and what all is shown because they have so much um to make one short episode there's a lot of a lot of filming time but I'm excited to talk more about my experience and um yeah how how hard it was to go that deep into yourself and it's something I don't think anyone will be able to replicate because you're never going to be stripped for three weeks of absolutely everything and, and be by yourself. And it was a mind, it was just a life changing experience. It was so much more than a TV show to dive in that deep and to learn that much about yourself. Um, it was a wild ride just to be like alone with your thoughts for three weeks while you're starving to death. <laughs> What's the biggest change that you made when you came back in your life? Um, It was tough because you get, you can get very sick afterwards because your body is going into just a complete shutdown mode. So it took a while to get back to normal. Um, and there's a lot of stuff. I got back and I, I journaled a lot to write down a lot of my experiences, but I wasn't really in a place coming back to be able to apply the things that I wanted to apply because I was so sick. Yeah. So, yeah. But like as time has gone on, have you noticed like an evolution that you've kind of gone through? Um, it would over the last little while it's just been trying to piece up myself together to be okay enough to be able to get to work oh yeah yeah like to be able to get the amount immense amount of fatigue and like endocrine shutdown like it it's it's pretty yeah like and that's the thing that's another another thing as we get into it it's whew, how do you even say it um every Everyone thinks you're okay. Like clients think I'm okay. My coworkers think I'm okay. Everyone that's around you thinks you're okay, but you're really not doing okay. Over the last like while since getting back, it is absolutely incredible what can happen when you're in the middle of nowhere and your your body's just like left just to fend for itself. Um, how dramatic. So it's I haven't really been able to apply things that I've wanted to apply. It's just been like get get my feet back under me so that I can be the person that I want to be again and starting to feel better now, but it took like six months. Yeah. Well, I mean that that's important that you said that out loud because as personal trainers, and this is something like I'm okay with saying this on my podcast. I like went through like emotional burnout, like mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and I was like, Holy crap. Like I, I don't know how to show up to a client session, mm-hmm. but we're trainers. And so we kind of show that like, together. We, we have to have that element of like, we, we have more 
purpose in, in our activity than our client does. So we always have to be up to that higher level. So I just had to like grind through the trenches. Mm-hmm. And then something that, that I'm a big advocate for, like I, I say it all the time on my social media and I'm trying to like hammer home the message of like, hey, like uh, especially in the fitness industry, like social connection is imperative. Like you almost have to be like, aggressive with people like hey like let's go hang out let's go do something what do you like doing i'll figure out how to like doing it too we'll yeah do this stuff because it's it's exactly as you say like i could see you walking around and i could be like mm, he's probably okay yeah um i would have to say like working in a bar is one of the best uh life experiences you could ever have yeah i did it for four years well yeah, like, yeah. it teaches you to kind of see the the difference between okay and probably not okay, okay pulled himself together yeah because i think there's tons of i, I i'll talk to josh Nil sometimes and like oh yeah i'm doing good i'm like dude how are you really doing yeah and like we we have some good heart to hearts like you and i have had some pretty good like yeah. deep conversations and it's just i think it's important that we talk about that yeah because, yeah and it's yeah. okay to not be okay yeah but then it's really tough when someone is paying you to bring good energy to to a session and it's nice to be able to have that openness with clients and people around you. But at the end of the day, sometimes, and I know that I'm bad for it, it's just like, just just get after it and suck it up and show up and do the best that you can. But then, and I think you can still do a really good job, but then sometimes at the end of the day, it's like, we have an exhausting enough job to begin with where we're just giving a lot of energy to other people. And like, over the last while it was like I've tried my absolute best to give everything that I could but when the days were done it was like like I cannot do anymore and people have expectations of like they want you to be here they want you to like do something above and beyond and it was like I think I've, a lot of what I've learned is like being able to say no that when you just you don't have any energy left it's okay to be like I don't feel like it yeah and that's actually like okay or like I you could make the time for it. You do have the time, but you just don't feel like it. Like you don't have the energy to do a good job at it. And at some point you're only human. You need to shut it down because I can't be going for 20 hours at a time. Like I want to be, Yeah. right. You need to have that time to recover for yourself, like mentally as well. Well, but, yeah. And just being, being open. Yeah. Just transparency and mm-hmm. just like kind of choosing, choosing your, your times. Mm-hmm. Cause uh, like I've learned a lot about boundaries this past year, mm-hmm. like kind of, you can open your life to select people. So your best example would be like your friends that uh, really believed you in you going into the challenge mm-hmm. and really believed in you going into living life in an RV for that period of time. Yeah. Those are the friends that fit in your boundaries because they're offering to you what you need. Yeah. And just because there's people that want to be like in that inner circle, it doesn't mean that it's sustainable for you to have the space that they are asking for. Mm-hmm. And then even from just like a workload standpoint, um, I know for, for myself, like I could stand to make more money for sure. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of opportunities in fitness to make more money. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are great. And a lot of them are really rewarding for a lot of people because like there's F45s opening everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I could go work for one of those. And I know a lot of great people working for them. But for me, I've found that I'm hippy dippy and woke enough that I know that what fills my cup versus what does not fill my cup. And I've learned to be a lot more strict about that. Mm -hmm. And so as a little bit of an introverted person, I get joy out of that one-on-one social connection that I get from my client. Mm -hmm. 
and I get the complete opposite when I am not achieving. If, if I don't know what my client's dog's name is, or if I don't know what they had for breakfast, or if I don't know that they are passionate about the stock market and made like $100,000 last month, like yeah. little things are important to me because I want to have this sustainable for a long time. So I have to, sometimes I have to navigate between uh, fulfillment and uh, growth through financial means because I don't want to be the guy that turns around and is like, no, I can't do this. I'm just going to go for, for something else because I worked too hard to be yeah. in this thing. And I think you're a great example. Like sometimes when, when I'm like, shit, like how am I going to get through this? I'm like, okay, like Mike has outlined it time and time again. We're three hours from the mountains, carpool with some buddies, cost you 20 bucks, helps fill your cup, clears your head, go to the damn mountains. Yeah. It's so easy. It's a special place. Yeah, it's magical. Yeah, it is. And so if you, because when I listen, because always when I interview somebody, I do I do a bit of my research and I listen to your episodes with the other guys before, mm-hmm. but I listened to them fresh this morning and just kind of hearing some of the things, I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Because like you talked to Shane Fennessy and you talked about like survivor shows and like the way you were talking about it was yeah i couldn't imagine being on one of those i was like little does he oh, did know did i say that oh my god that's funny. yeah you that's said like, something along those lines now that you say that yeah and i was like this is perfect this is so cool yeah i wouldn't have that's so weird when you think that back yeah one at one of the first shows that that was like 2017 or so yeah i would have had no idea about naked afraid obviously and isn't that crazy yeah it oh, that actually really is so yeah. like when we look, when we're in a roadblock or when we're frustrated and we're like, fuck this. We don't know what we don't know. Yeah. We don't know what's ahead. We don't know what's going to pop up or what's going to be invented. Like, Evolve wasn't a thing before. There's plenty of different opportunities that weren't a thing. Your ability to get sponsored dog food for Bear Bear. <laughs> like, the, who would have guessed? Yeah, th- there's been so many. Like, I remember... Like, looking at, I remember going and making my first purchases, like, going and buying a Heli, Heli Hansen jacket, which was, like, a, a nice jacket. And then I was looking, and there's, like, Arcteryx on the rack, and going, oh, my God, like, who on earth would spend $1,000 on a shell for a jacket? And then I've gotten to work with them, like, very, very closely for a number of years now, and just, like, what when I don't think I'm doing good, I remember like, it's, it's weird to look back. And that was just like one little pat on the back when I was having a bad day and I pop in and they just like load me up with gear. Cause they just are big into just supporting, supporting my lifestyle, my adventures and everything I have going on and, you know, connecting with the community and all those kind of things. And I'm like, don't get so used to this. I right? don't get, don't get so comfortable. Don't get so comfortable because like some of these things are big things and big accomplishments because I'm, as much as it was just a jacket and a brand, like I was be able to, I got put on the radar of somewhere I was just like dreaming to be. And it's funny that you mentioned that with like Shane and the TV shows, cause I never would have thought, but I guess here we are. And that's, what's really exciting about the future is like, show me five pictures or 10 pictures from five years from now. And like, I don't know if I'll believe it or maybe I won't ever be in the mountains. I'll be taking on something else, but, um, I hope I'm still in the mountains cause I really like it right now. Yeah, well, it kind of shows it's the reminder that anybody that's feeling frustrated or anything to have faith, mm-hmm. like whatever that looks like for a person, um, just kind of believe in yourself and like 
from the outside in, from what I've seen of you, and it's kind of like been a great influence for me working alongside you is just like be yourself. Like yeah. don't don't sell your soul for anybody. One of my favorite rants that you gave was like a, about supplements. Yeah. Like don't put a supplement as such a big component to your brand if they're going to give you like one free scoop every month. Yeah. Yeah, people like, are just selling themselves out yeah. with like a discount code or something. It's just crazy. Just like know, know your value and that's what's wrong with the supplement industry is like use Mike 10 for 10% off blank company and it's like you're worth so much more than that 10% discount code and a $2 purchase on that order. Like, and you know, if people had high regards for themselves, they wouldn't get these big supplement companies wouldn't be getting free advertising out of these influencers or at like, you know, athletes or whatever you would want to call them, um, for committing their entire lifestyle for 10% coupon code. Like that's yeah. crazy. Well, I mean, yeah. and it's anybody listening to that shouldn't feel insulted because what we're saying is you're worth more. You're worth so, more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, um, and unfortunately people, have paved the way for that that's how the industry goes right like sponsorships so often like free product is nice but you know what's really nice is getting paid like yeah. having actual value that you've committed something to your life so immensely that people see value in it and that's yeah. what's really important and you know it's, it's cool getting to that point through the mountains the outdoor life the whole instagram thing and however people want to put that influencer like that you're actually making good amounts of money from something that you love and that you're passionate about and that's kind of cool to be in that position now like I always kind of make the analogy it's like when it comes to partnerships or sponsorships like people ask if I would ever have a sponsor on the podcast I'm like the only one that makes sense to me right now at this place in my life and I make it on the premise of it has to be something that I do happily for free for sure naturally yes superstore yeah. I go to Superstore <laughs> oh my God. like six times yeah. a week. Yeah, no kidding. I live there, yeah. basically, and I, I enjoy it. And there's so many things that apply to me and keep my integrity. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, uh, I think I heard you talking to Dean about Costco. Like, Yeah, I was just going to say, if, if I could get a Costco and like Petro-Canada sponsorship, oh my gosh. I think integrity is so key just in life in general. Like, play the long game. Understand that like a guy like me... I'm not going to get instant glorification through playing the integrity game, mm-hmm. but I'll still be here and have those people that reinforce like what's important to me and the people that see the beautiful me that maybe I don't see every day, they'll still be there Yeah, because they know that I live with integrity. I make my choices with integrity. There's no smoke and mirrors, mm-hmm. which it's great. That's great that we ended up working in the same facility because then that kind of like, it's that osmosis effect. It's like if one of us is in a dip, we see the other one with their clients. Like, no, like, no, we're, we're doing good shit in here. Like, yeah, yeah. you you kind of like, yeah, you're, off you're good very, 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 very real. And you have such a close and personal connection with your clients. And that's really, really good to see. I'm sure you've so heard some of my that. analogies. Like I make the most bizarre analogies, but what my clients say is like, they remember them. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, that, that's what matters. They learn something. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and just sharing those little tidbits through social media of like little wins throughout the day and stuff is really nice. And uh, I'm sure the clients feel like superstars because they look up to you so much. So to be able to just to share that piece of someone that's in a position of authority, it's like really cool. So I'm sure that means the world. Well, I mean, like, we're not here to pump my tires, man. (laughs) So I have a question that I ask all my guests and it ties in really well because 
we get to reflect on these things and get all of this advice. And it's if you had one piece of advice on how to live your life to the fullest and the most true to yourself way, mm-hmm. what would that one piece of advice be? Um, I would say take some time to figure out like what makes you smile and what really gets you going and then figure out a way to do more of that. Just that. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. Yeah. Cause I, I think too much of the time people like I see people and I know it's something that they love, but they don't do it that much. And it's like, why, like, why wouldn't you, I know if it's like the affordability thing, it's like maybe find out ways to be able to accomplish that more. And if it's a time thing, like, you know, like, the amount of times, and I really like would love to emphasize this to people, like figure out what you love. And, you know, some people are really passionate. They know exactly what they want. And if you don't know what you love, maybe try some new things. But when the weekends and stuff roll around, that's like our time to just invest back into ourselves and just get to really go out and live. And, you know, fortunately, I've built my lifestyle around like extending those weekends to three or four day like weekends as much as I'm still working and doing my thing. But, um... Yeah, like, rather than just, like, getting in the habit of, like, sitting down and watching TV and, like, just get out and live your life and do something that you really, truly love doing, whatever whatever that might be. And just, and take advantage because you owe it to yourself because you got this one life to live. And again, it's a cliche thing to say, but when there's those little cliche things, they're usually true, that um, it's not, when someone's lying on their deathbed, it's not regretting what they did do, it's the things that they didn't. So, um, I was just thinking about that, going, like, if I died tomorrow I'd be so proud of the life that I lived for the last couple of years like the the life I've lived in general but the last couple of years have just been a ride like they've been it's been unbelievable and uh what would I change just trying to do more of what I love right now so yeah. I think that's kind of putting me on the right track that's a good message yeah so I'd like to thank you for joining me today well, thank you finally we got to do this I think yeah. we've been trying to do this for like far too long like so since thank episode you. 20 or something so yeah so well we got in over 100 before we got to 200 so yeah. thank you so much for having me um you bet. it's really nice to have a good full conversation because we're always both busy with clients like chickens or, with their heads chopped you know, off yeah seriously so thank you so much chris you bet that was great yeah i, I had fun